Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is Let's Become a Beloved Society, Conversations Illuminating Your Path to Wholeness. I'm here with my co-host, Mary Ardania, and we Hi. look forward what? Hi. Hi. Yeah, and we look forward to our conversation with you all today. Just a reminder for everyone, we do these podcasts live on Fridays. 10 a.m. Hawaii time, 11 a.m. Alaska, noon Pacific, 1 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. London or GMT, and 7 a.m. AEDT, Australia. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time, I'm not sure what the AEDT quite is. If you'd like to join the conversation live, you can call or text in to the studio phone. That number's on your screen if you're watching, and it's 907-351-3003. You can also find a live stream on Facebook and on YouTube uh, every Friday uh, that we do these. Uh, just search for Let's Become a Beloved Society. And uh, let's get started. So uh, I had uh, some questions come in. And uh, they, they all seem to revolve around uh, the same general idea of uh, needing tools. So, um, and, and hang on just a second. I have a hair that is somewhere that I cannot cope with. So just a second here. I don't know where that came from, but here we go. Okay, so the, the, basically the, the, this question came in and it, it uh, really sums up many other uh, comments and questions that have been coming up the last couple of weeks. I need tools. Can you give me some tools to use to help me? I listen to this podcast and then other broadcasts and Zooms and I sit in on classes and I feel hopeful when I'm in those events. But then when I'm alone again, I just revert to the same behavior and the same negative thoughts and self-talk over and over again. Can you help me? So absolutely, we will do our best to help you today um, with some various tools. Both Mary and I have sort of a different approach to how we've uh, developed our tools. And so we'll each speak to uh, to how we have uh, managed to come to what I would like to think of, at least for myself, as a fairly uh, focused from moment to moment in what's important and, and where I want my thoughts and my energy to go. So first, let's just talk about and acknowledge that it's natural to have these challenges. So don't beat yourself up or give yourself a hard time for, you know, swearing that I'm going to, I'm going to change. Or I'm going to work on this. I'm, go I'm not going to have negative self-talk. I'm, I'm going to try to be uh, compassionate or more empathetic or whatever the thing is that you're trying to focus on. But change takes time and learning something new takes effort. And so it's natural to have these challenges because our bodies like stasis. Our bodies, the housing that we reside within, prefers to just sit still and not do anything. That would be the ideal situation as far as the body's wiring is concerned. It doesn't like change. So we have to make an effort. And... Uh, especially when it comes to learning something as intimate as self-talk, it can be extremely challenging because we've had years to become entrenched in the thinking that we have. And research shows that it takes an average of 66 days to learn a new habit. And for some, as many as 254 days to master a new skill. Sometimes, some say it takes 10,000 hours. That's about nine years. I think they're talking about maybe something like learning to play the piano uh, at a concert level. Uh, so 
Now, don't let those numbers overwhelm you. But if we're going to break our habitual negative self-talk, for example, we'll need to make an effort, a consistent effort. And you might think of it as hard. And yet, truly, it's some of the easiest work you'll ever do with the, with the grandest rewards, right? And you don't even have to break a sweat or get winded. Uh, so in, in all things considered, it is an easy thing to do. It's the consistency that becomes difficult, I think, because life tends to get in the way. So, um, Mary, do you have anything you'd like to add at this point? Just what you said, consistency is really important. And it's really just noticing, noticing the habit when it happens and changing that in the moment. That's that that's what you have to develop is the persistence of noticing here I go again and interrupt the cycle. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, some of this comes back to being mindful because you, you need to figure out a way to stay present with what's happening and life just sort of sweeps us up. And depending on, you know, whether you live with other people or you live alone or you live with animals, um, something went from the moment you wake up, there may be somebody there needing something from you or wanting something from you. And you, we get swept right up into the day. So one of the most important things, I think, uh, if you can manage it, is to try and incorporate some kind of morning ritual, even if it's just uh, something that you say to yourself before you get out of bed. Uh, just trying to set the tone and the energy of the day and remind your subconscious and everything that's within listening uh, ability that you're aware that you're a dynamic spiritual being of divinity and that you're attempting to step into those shoes in a way that you haven't before. I'm laughing because I worked for someone once who his roommate from when they like stayed at the Y together when they were young men told us Every morning when he woke up, he would say, hooray, hooray, another day, a chance to excel in every way. So I thought of that when you were talking. <laughs> right. That's fantastic. It's really great for energy shifting. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's a, that's a really great, uh, that's a great one. Um, so one of the things that uh, we were going to talk about is, uh, and, and really, like my number one suggestion outside of the morning ritual is to, because this is something that you can carry with you through the day, um, is to pick a short mantra, short enough that you can memorize it. And then not only think it as often as you can, but you can surround yourself with cards or post-it notes with it. So this was one of the things that I did back I think I did it in 2007. Uh, I think that was the summer. And maybe The Secret, the book The Secret, and the movie The Secret came out, I think, in 2006. But I, it didn't reach me here in Alaska until 2007. And uh, and so that's what I did. Because I, I, I it finally really hit me that... Thoughts are things, that's not my idea, that's, uh, many people have written that, that thoughts are actually things. And if we can control our thoughts, we can, in some degree, to some degree, control the things around us as well. Because it's all about energy. And, and energy will flow where your direction and your attention goes. And so if you're 
focusing on things, if you have, for example, a bad negative self-talk habit. Um, now that wasn't, I didn't have that. Um, but I could get caught up in, uh, and where I found myself at the time was I had gotten quite caught up in, in local shenanigans and politics. And there was a lot of he said, she said stuff going on around me in my community. And it became very clear that there was no value in me having those thoughts at all. And at the time, uh, the bedroom that we were using in our house was upstairs. And I had to go down a circular staircase to get to uh, the bathroom. And so in the middle of the night, um, and I just want to give acknowledge hello to Amber and Nanette who are here. And uh, we have some additional viewers. Thank you to all of you for being here. Um, in the middle of the night, I would have to get up and go to the bathroom. By the time I would get downstairs, my head would be full of this whole he said, she said uh, stuff that was going on. And I, I was living among these people, right? And so not in an apartment building where your energy is really on top of each other, like in a condo. So people who live in a condo, when there's things that go on in the condo that uh, have people all riled up, that energy is all uh, uh, embroiled and you're, you're swirling around in it all the time. I wouldn't have thought, given the space between our houses, that I would have felt that way. And yet, I became obsessed with these thoughts. So I realized that I needed a, I needed a real tool to break that habit. So I took a short excerpt out of uh, The Secret was a little 10 word phrase. I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. And I uh, printed them out. Um, <clears throat> now, depending on your resources, you may have to be creative. Uh, you may have to just get a piece of paper and cut it into small pieces and write it on there. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I could go and buy some of those blank business cards that you can run through your printer. And so I um, used, you know, a desktop publishing piece of software and I designed these little business cards. Only what they said on them was this little mantra. I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious and happy. And I printed them out on the reverse side. I actually printed a different uh, little saying a little longer. And um, I'll share that with you in a, in a bit. Uh, and then I laminated them. And uh, I put them everywhere. I put them uh, in every pocket of every jacket that I had. I taped them on my dashboard, on my mirror. I had one in my purse. Um, I had one on the refrigerator. I taped one on a cupboard that I stand in front of when I'm doing meal prep. Uh, I immersed myself in it. And so, uh, and then as I could, I memorized it to a degree that I then set it to music. And when I was driving in the car, I would sing it to the music. And I would just sing it over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And for some reason, when you find the right one that resonates with you and that's giving you the, um, the direction and the centering that you need, I think you'll find as well, <clears throat> you can say it over and over again and you never get tired of it. Um, so that's that's was the initial tool that I used. Mary, do you want to share? Yeah. Um, my journey was a little different as we have discussed. Um, I... I sort of started with the Louise Hay book, You Can Heal Your Life. And I really love that book. If anybody is looking for ways to really shift your thought patterns about your life, I think it's a great book. So I have a lot of tools from that book. One of them was um, the phrase, love is everywhere and I am loving and lovable. 
And just I walked down the street thinking that and saw how different the world feels when you're expecting love to be everywhere. Um, and one of the things she talks about is thoughts are like a banquet, you know, a, a buffet. And when you go to the buffet, you don't have to eat everything that's on the buffet. You just pick the ones that you like and eat those. Well, thoughts are like that. We don't have to believe every thought that passes through our mind. We can dismiss the thoughts that aren't helpful and right. focus on the thoughts that feed us, right? right. So um, that was the first time I really sort of had that concept. Like a lot of these thoughts are just not helping you. And she recommends doing mirror work. So the mirror work that she recommends is you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I love and appreciate myself. So just try that and see how that feels because it's liable to bring up some stuff if you haven't worked on this already. So, you know, it's, it's, that's if you're really serious about healing the wounding that's in there because that's not for the faint of heart it will bring up some stuff and also it will change you in ways that will you know reap huge benefits so i just you know i just i made a pact with myself that i was going to talk to myself like i was my very best friend or like a really small child who i really loved well, I am my very best friend, you know? It's like, if I wouldn't say that to my best friend or someone I love, why am I gonna say it to myself? So right. I just stopped, I did, I stopped it. It does require noticing when you're doing it. That's the main thing, but I just stopped it. And yes, doing what Linda says and replacing it, you know, coming up with a phrase to replace it. I mean, I guess that in a way I love and appreciate myself you know, where the love is everywhere. Those were my phrases that I put in that position. The only thing I want to say about the mantra thing is make sure that you're choosing something that you are not resistant to because you don't want to be focusing on an affirmation that you have resistance to or it's not going to have the results you want. So like Linda says, when you get the right affirmation or mantra, you know, it speaks to you in your heart and you can really wholeheartedly accept it. And you might have to kind of slide in sideways if you're really feeling a lot of negativity about yourself. Um, just, um, you know, notice if you have a lot of resistance and see if you can soften that somehow. The other thing is the Louise Hay book, You Can Heal Your Life. Every chapter, because she has chapters on everything, like money, work, blah, blah. And every chapter has a little sort of prayer. And they all start the same way. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. And then she'll talk about, you know, I now nourish myself with healthy foods and drinks or whatever like about whatever the goal of that particular chapter is. But that is also a phrase that resonated with me a lot. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. That also means that I am perfect, whole, and complete. Correct. So those are some of the ways that I started on this journey. Some of my tools. Excellent. Thank you, Mary. Uh-huh. Yeah, that Louise uh, Hay book is is uh, definitely uh, an excellent, excellent resource. Uh, Amber shares, uh, back to the uh, phrase I was suggesting, I love that phrase. You gave me that a while ago. They're all over my house. Um, and then uh, good advice, Mary, uh, talk to yourself like you would a friend. Yes, yes. Your best talk friend. <laughs> yes, yes. Talk to yourself with love because love is, is what you are. It's what each of us is. And we deny that 
most of the day, most of the time. And so it really does, uh, in order to move forward in this world that we're living in right now, it really does behoove us to come into our own and, and understand our internal divinity and start acting from it. It is the only way I believe that we're going to create this new world that's trying to emerge here. The world of love and inclusion and oneness and wholeness. Uh, okay, let's see. Let me go back to my notes here. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can be as creative as you need to be in terms of uh, uh, making these little things to stick up around the house. You can use post-it notes. You can use index cards. Uh, some people just write on their arm or their hand. Uh, and so um, the other thing I wanted to say is that if you struggle with coming up with a mantra, or coming up with a phrase that you resonate with, please reach out to us because we are both uh, very willing to help you craft something that you'll resonate with, that really makes you feel good when you say it, that really uh, speaks to your soul. And a lot of people will say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how to speak to my soul. I don't know how to reach my soul. I don't know what my soul is. And, and these are all natural responses and feelings because uh, getting in touch with your soul is not something that a lot of people talk about. And, uh, and, and that's why we're here. Right? That's what we're here for, is to help connect you to your internal divinity and, and really uh, allow you to step into the life that you intended to have when you came. And when you pick the right one of those mantras, the thing that happens is like you, you say it and say it, and then it just becomes a part of you. It's like it, it sinks into your being and then you embody it. Right. And that's really what we're going for. What do you want to embody? That's what, that's what your mantra wants to be. Right. And like Linda says, either of us are more than happy to help, help with figuring that out if you feel like you need help. Yes, yes. So, and uh, to anybody listening or out in the audience, if you have any questions or uh, uh, comments, feel free to either call the studio number 907-351-3003 or um, uh, you can text to that number as well. So uh, in the new energy that we're living in now, I've actually made some changes to the mantras I'm using. Uh, and uh, these changes came about after uh, going to see a gentleman by the name of Shaman Durek. He is a sixth generation uh, African shaman. And uh, I attended a workshop in Tucson in April. And what he, what he suggests is that we shift from saying I am to actually speaking to ourselves by saying you are. And he did some exercises in the audience, uh, with the audience, that were remarkable. And one of them uh, is very simple, and you can do it yourself. Uh, you can say to yourself, and I, I don't suggest doing it now in the midst of what we're what we're doing here, listening. But once you're, you know, this podcast is over, and you find a quiet moment, say to yourself, "I am beautiful." and pay attention to how you feel and how your body responds. And then say th this phrase, you are beautiful to yourself. And notice if there's any 
difference in how you feel. Now, categorically in that workshop, everyone was amazed at how when they said, I am beautiful, really nothing happened for them. Their body didn't respond. They, they, it felt quite flat for everyone. And then when we all said to ourselves, you are beautiful, uh, almost everyone had some sort of a visceral response in their body. Uh, either the hair on their neck or their arms raised, or they felt something washing over them. Um, but it was a, it was a feeling, it was a feeling, it was a connection. And the way Shaman Durek explained it, it's that basically when we say I, where I is a sort of uh, uh, like me separate from everyone else. And so it's, it, it's the energy of the words. When you say you are, you're actually speaking to your cells and to your body and your body hears it. Your body doesn't know what an I is, but it knows what it is. And so when we direct our words inward to us by saying you are, we get a different result. We get a more powerful response. Mary, do you want to say anything about this? Because I know that when we were discussing it earlier, you didn't resonate with this. Um, it doesn't really resonate to me the way it's described. And that's okay. I mean, to me, the I am is like me claiming my divinity and you are, you are, it's like when I talk to myself, like you are this, it's like I'm dividing myself from myself. I'm making a you that is the, the speaker and a you that is listening. So it doesn't make me feel more unified with all that is. It makes me feel separated from myself. But I do notice a difference in feeling. But to me, I wonder if it's just the part where, like with beautiful, for instance, you are beautiful. I want to hear someone else tell me I'm beautiful. I don't want to hear me tell me I'm beautiful because that means more coming from someone else. So I wonder if it's almost like that, like it's a parent telling you or someone like that. So I don't understand it the way you're saying it. And that's okay. I think all it really means is it's the example of different things resonate with different people in different ways. And maybe if I was in that group with everyone, I would have felt like you all did. Um, right. It is different in my body. I just intellectually, the explanation for why that would be doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. But I don't care. It's like, right. tell yourself right. wonderful things, whether it's I am, you are, or we right. all are. Right. The all right. that is, is beautiful, and I'm a part of it, you know? Right, so, right. I, I, I mean, think... and maybe that's another one of those things that's just because I've already integrated the all that is as part of my conception of self. Possibly, know. possibly. Um, I, I, to me, it's a little in line with the uh, Louise Hay mirror work, right? If you're standing in front of a mirror speaking to yourself, it makes sense to say you are when you're talking to yourself in the mirror. Um, to at, in from my interpretation, and so again, that's not how we say it. We don't say you are. We say I am in her description. Right. Right. So, but I mean, again, I, I understand what you're saying. I just feel differently about it. Right. 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 Um, yeah, for me, I feel like it's taking it to another level. I'm taking. I feel like it takes it to the next level uh, of integration, and and um, we and we don't have to. Um, I do have some phrases I wanted to share, though. Some of these have been numerologically tuned uh, to be a nine, which is again the highest frequency of a single digit. Um, and some of them I have not worked on yet. I just haven't had time. Um, but so if you were to say, and again, I think imagining looking at yourself in the mirror or speaking to yourself in that way, you are whole, perfect, strong, powerful, and loving and harmonious and happy. That's a nine. Um, here's a, another version, a little longer, 
Uh, and, and again, there's a lot of ands in it, but it's to make it the frequency. Um, you are whole, perfect, strong, powerful, love, and wise, and kind, and compassionate. You are the creator creating the creation of you on this planet. You are all powerful, all wisdom, all intelligence. You are the creator creating the creation of you on this planet. You are God in the physical body. You are spirit in the flesh. You are eternal life in form. You are all powerful, all wisdom, all intelligence. Uh, let's see. So uh, here's some really short ones. You are divinity in form, or you could say I am divinity in form. You are God in a physical body. I am God in a physical body. Life is right no matter what. There's nothing wrong here. And sometimes uh, starting with some of these ones that are not either an I or a you might be easier for folks. Um, especially if you're struggling with uh, your identity and, and maybe you've got a lot of uh, wounding that needs healing. It might be simpler to start with something that's a little uh, separate, feels a little detached, like life is right no matter what, and and work with that. And uh, I can imagine that you might feel a lot of resistance to a phrase like that. Uh, and so it, that's why it, it can be a good exercise. On the other hand, you don't want to, as Mary said earlier, you don't want to pick something that you don't uh, that you that you don't agree with or that doesn't feel right initially so there's you got to, some you truth have, to yeah sorry you have to be willing to believe it right like if it's something that makes you go i don't believe that don't use it you have to be willing to think that it could be possible you know like and not necessarily that you have it but do you want it do you want to feel that way right right Right. So, um, uh, as a way of both saving or share, not saving, sharing uh, phrases, and also getting back to talking a little bit about the uh, morning ritual, one of the things that I do, um, my morning ritual is. Uh, mostly to journal but it's not journaling just random thoughts or feelings or any of that i have um two different um sets of phrases that i've created one of them is called the cre uh let's see the creational archetype create creationist archetype and so the, these are creational mindset phrases, and I'll just read them. Um, each one of them is tuned either to be a 9 or an 11, and so I'll tell you each one of them. Um, and you could use any group of them. You could just pick one of them for a mantra. You can. Um, what I do is I write them out. I just sit with, with this paper, and I write them into a journal. Uh, and as I'm writing them, I'm... I'm bringing them into my psyche and owning them. So uh, you are open, truthful, nine. You are in control of your reactions now, 11. You are in control of your feelings now, 11. You are smart, learn easily and fast, nine. You deserve happiness, peace, and tranquility, 11. You believe in yourself and your powers, nine. You are always kind, loving, and compassionate, 11. Hurdles and obstacles help you grow and expand, nine. You stand up for the truth, nine. You make good choices for yourself, 11. You can choose for yourself happiness, joy, 11. You will make a difference in the world. Nine, you strive deliberately for the best outcomes worldwide. Eleven, you are always honest, truthful, transparent, and kind. Nine, you are always grateful and thankful and kind. 
11. Today you are your best self for yourself. 9. You are successful, competent. That's a 99, which is a 9. It's okay if you err or make a mistake. 9. You like yourself for who you are. 11. Today you love and cherish yourself totally. 9. Today is your fabulous day. 11. And so um, I believe, and you could you could change all of those if you don't resonate with the you are, you could change them all to I am statements very easily. Um, what I find when I, I take the time to do a morning ritual is that that energy will ride with me throughout the day. And um, the more you spend in a, a ritual setting the energy of the day and deciding how you want it to go, the more magical your day will become. That's my living experience of it. Um, do you have anything to add at that point, Mary? Um, I did. Did it go away? It was... Oh, like my thing, love is everywhere and I am loving and lovable, or even just love is everywhere if you have trouble embracing the I am loving and lovable part to begin with. What happens is it makes me look for that, right? If I'm thinking love is everywhere, then I'm out there in the world looking for evidence that that's the truth. And I think that's the same with the things, you know, the kind of things you're talking about. When we set the energy for the day, then we're looking for the energy that supports that theme, right? Today right. is my fabulous day. So ooh, where's all the fabulousness? So, you know, that's what I wanted to add. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other uh, piece of writing that I do are what I call creational prayers. And both of these documents, if you um, go to uh, my Facebook page, uh, the Linda Lamp based author page, Facebook page, they are uh, pinned at the top. So these are creational prayers. Uh, and in here, we, we use I. And what, what we're doing is we're, when we pray, everything aligns and listens when we're praying. Because when we're praying, uh, we're functioning from our soul. Because our soul is here to be love in carnation to be and share love. That's why we're here. We all have the same exact mission. We have different ways of going about it. But the mission of each of our souls is to be love in, in form, to be divinity in form, and to touch others from that place. And so, uh, let's see, Amber just said, uh, align with God, love, first thing after you wake. It can take less than a minute. That's beautiful, beautiful suggestion, uh, Amber, absolutely. And so, uh, these are a number of prayers. Uh, each individual can stand on their own. Um, Rather than reading the numbers on all of them, they've, they're all uh, tuned to either be a 9 or an 11. Uh, and so I think I'll just say when it's an 11 and not a 9, I'll make mention of that. But all the rest of them are 9s from an energetic standpoint. I pray all beings achieve peace in their hearts. I pray for each being on earth to find their wholeness and worth. I pray that each being awakens to their full potential. I pray for the enlightenment of all. I pray for the awakening of all beings on planet Earth. I pray for all beings a healing and the deliverance from all suffering now. I pray my contributions reach the greatest need. 
I pray for all beings of the world the end of pain. I pray for all beings. I pray all beings experience the abundance they need for their peace. I pray for all beings to experience joy. I pray for all beings to see beauty everywhere. I pray for all beings to have what they need to survive and thrive. I pray religions and governments find balanced boundaries. I pray for the end of all war. I pray for all beings to become civically engaged together. I pray taking care of earth becomes a way of life. I pray all beings have unlimited healthy water and air. I pray everyone has the housing they desire. I pray everyone has an abundance of healthy natural food. I pray for everyone a basic universal income. I pay for all beings excellent affordable health care. I pray all beings are loved and kindly cared for. I pray everyone will make abortion a woman's sovereignty. I pray all beings have all necessary medical options available to them. I pray the war in Ukraine heals the world. I pray Russians awaken to the right thing to do. I pray a healing for the world. I pray that this is the end of war on planet Earth. That's an 11. I, I pray that peace settles us. I pray humanity helps the Ukrainian people survive and thrive. I pray the Russian people take learn the truth and take action. That's an 11. I pray the Russian people awaken to the truth and make peace happen. I pray NATO brings peace to the Ukrainian region. That's also an 11. I pray that all loved, all beings are loved and cherished as they choose. I pray love is felt by everyone regardless of their sexuality or preference. I pray the LGBTQ community is cherished, accepted, loved by all. I pray all beings have access to unlimited wisdom and truth. I pray each being's worth is honored. I pray unconditional love becomes known by everyone. I pray unconditional love becomes felt by everyone. That's an 11. I pray wisdom becomes compliance or commonplace rather. I pray wisdom becomes commonplace. I pray that the truth begins to matter to all beings. And I pray, I, I missed one. I pray all beings have unlimited healthy water and air. So that's, uh, so I write all those out every day as well. And um, uh, I can only hope that sending that out into the energy of the planet will help to heal the planet. Uh, Nanette says, Mary, when I speak to myself in the mirror, I address myself with my name, uh, i.e. Nanette. We need to work on letting go of or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's that's a good point as well. Yeah, I do that too. Well, that's like talking to myself like my best friend, right? Right. Yeah. I also call myself honey and sweetie a lot, just FYI. <laughs> that's good that's good yeah i don't think i've ever done that okay well so uh any thoughts on on uh, any of what we've talked about so far are you asking me or are you asking yeah. our audience of everyone, everyone, anyone. Someone have some thoughts. <laughs> I feel I've shared my thoughts as we've went along, and now honestly, I'm a little sleepy. Excellent, <laughs> honey. Nanette says, <laughs> I do. Especially, I'll tell you, 
truthfully, if I'm having trouble getting myself to do things, parenting myself in my house looks a lot like parenting a toddler. Got to do the dishes. I don't want to do the dishes. Come on, honey, we can go do a few dishes. Then we can sit back down and rest if we need to. Well, okay. So we go wash five dishes and then we can take a break, you know? So yeah, honey and sweetie is a lot of addressing my inner child, which is a whole other subject we can talk about sometime. <laughs> well, we have, we've oh, got 15 minutes. We, we can talk about minutes, it right now. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about it because it relates to all of this. Yeah. So, you know, a thing that happens a lot during our childhood is our inner child maybe doesn't get the loving care that they want. Even even the best meaning of parents, especially, you know, if you're a little older, like our parents, it was about survival. The whole conversation was different. My parents were very loving, but they didn't go around saying, I love you, sweetie, a lot, stuff like that. Right. They showed me they love me by taking care of my needs. And, you know, they, they, my parents were not, you know, challenging in a lot of ways that people's parents are, but you still end up wounded. And I mean, I don't know, I sure did. And I think most people do, like, you don't really fully feel seen and right. heard. And especially in the olden days where it really was children should be seen and not heard, you know, and if you're, if your feelings are hurt, it's like, don't cry. And, you know, like my niece was talking about the things her kids tell her. And it's like, they tell you the big things when you pay attention to the little things, right. because to the kid, it's all big things. You right. know, the little things like what happened at school or whatever, those are big things to your kid. Right. So, you know, to be a good parent, you have to really listen to those things and meet them with love and understanding. And so if you're, you know, a grown up person and your little child did not receive that love and understanding, you have an ache and a longing in there for that. And I have done a lot of meditations and things like that. And you know, Linda, you do those compassion keys work. And a lot of that is working with the wounded inner child. You know, when did you first feel that feeling? Right. That you're feeling triggered about now. Right. So this is really a huge thing. And part of this learning to love ourselves and be our own best friend is learning to be the parent that we wish we had. Right. And I'm still a work in progress because, you know, I wish I took better care of myself in terms of taking care of my house and feeding myself and stuff, you know, but it's like redeveloping that trust with that little kid who's, you know, had their feelings trampled on. I was the youngest of six kids. My parents weren't always around, you know. My dad was pretty loving. He worked a lot. My mom, you know, I love my mom, but I think she was a little bit of a narcissist. And my sister will say she thinks that if mama had been born at a different time, she would never have had kids. She would have had a career. You know, she was born in 1918. My dad was right. born in 1915. So right. this is like a few generations ahead. Right. And, um, so there was a lot of emotional stuff that wasn't really dealt with in those days. Even a lot of people don't deal with it now, but a lot do. But, you know, I was the youngest of six kids. I just sort of felt like I never got what I wanted. Like right. there were a lot of other people's needs being taken care of ahead of mine, you know, and I just sort of was quiet and didn't want to attract too much attention for fear it would be negative. Right. So really learning how to sit with little Mary and listen to what she wants, you know, and, and try to be sensitive to her needs and don't let her run the bus because she don't know how to drive very well. But, you know, give her a cupcake if she wants one. Right. You know what I mean? Just yeah. listen and tend to tend to the needs of your inner child. And if you don't know how to do that, that's something else that either Linda or I could help work with you on because we've both, you know, done this and got skills in this area. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amber says real quick, she needs to go. So uh, love to you, Amber. And thank you for joining us this week. We'll love you, Amber. Look for you next week. Yes. Um, yeah. So talking about the inner child, it's really, uh, it opens up a whole lot of things. Because as Mary's saying, when we're little, we're interpreting things and we're making decisions and we're emotionally potentially packing things away that uh, aren't being processed at the time. Right. And what happens is they come out later. Right. And sometimes we don't know why they're coming out. We're not prepared for when they come out. And, uh, and so really giving attention to to your inner child and recognizing that an inner child exists. Yes. And it is probably calling for attention and needing uh, some attention and healing is definitely um, a step in the right direction. You use that phrase, Linda, trapped tears. Why right. don't you talk a little bit about that for people who've never heard you talk about it? Right. So the notion of trapped tears are the tears that we have from our childhood that we haven't processed. And um, there are a lot of things that happen to us when we're little, even if we're living in a very loving home. It's because we're little and we don't understand and depending on the environment that we're growing up in, depending on the parenting that we're receiving, we may or may not have anybody we can trust to ask. And uh, I, I this this uh, this uh, analogy just popped in my head, and it's it's not from actually a child; it's from an adult but it's still a, a good example of trapped tears. You know, the, the uh, mother who, uh, whose son moves across the country to go to college and without ever asking, makes the assumption that the son is doing that to get away from the mother and, and lives for something like, I don't know, 30 years with this mis misinformation in her head these trapped tears, basically, that he moved away to get away from her when that wasn't why he moved at all. He moved to the best school to study for what he wanted. That was the only reason. And so that's just a short example of how we get trapped tears. The, the kind of trapped tears that we get when we're little are even more important in a way because, or more significant, because we can quite often live our entire lives without even realizing that they're there. Because sometimes these things happen when we're little and we just block them out. We can't remember, we can't allow ourselves to remember them. And so they're really trapped behind a wall. And it does require some digging. And, uh, the digging is not necessarily pleasant, right? It's uncomfortable yeah. and it will release the tears. And a lot of times people say, I don't want to cry. You know, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to, I don't want to go there. I don't want to know. But for everything that's inside that you don't want to know, you're still carrying it around and it's still blocking you from being able to be your fully actualized self. I think sometimes people don't want to go there and don't want to cry because they feel like there's so much they'll just cry forever. So just to reassure you, if you feel that way, you won't. You won't cry forever. Now, you might cry a lot and you might cry more than you wish you would and you might feel like it'll be forever. I have certainly spent an entire day sobbing before in my life, you know, but like it never lasts forever. So just so you know that. And oh, there was something else. I wonder what it was. Trapped tears, children, 
crying won't last forever. I can't remember now. Okay. Oh, well, yes, yes. I do remember. Good. Because this is really important. Sometimes those things come up like in body work. Like you're getting a massage, they hit a spot, and it's like, ah, oh my God. There's like so much grief trapped in this area of your body. And, you know, if you have someone safe to do that work with, that can be a real boon because I have released so much of that stuff without ever having to do any mental work about it, just because it came up in a massage with a, with a holistic health practitioner who I trusted enough to be able to let it go. And also there's other modalities like expressive arts therapy. I've also released so much in expressive arts therapy sessions. I had one session, this was just so sweet. So I have to share it. She had a hammock you could put up in her space. And I, I sat in the hammock with a baby doll and just, we talked and I cried. And I think I had crayons and paper, but I didn't even draw. I just held like baby me in the right. hammock. Right. You know, like the, there's so many ways we can nurture ourselves once right. we realize that that's a thing that might behoove us. So, right, right. Yeah. 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 I find that very moving, right? The idea of, of taking yourself into, you know, a rocking chair or a hammock or something where you can curl up with that younger version of yourself mm -hmm. and give yourself comfort. Yes. Right. Yes. Because all of us, virtually all of us could use that. Yes. Yes. Right. Yep. 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 Exactly. Exactly. I often kiss my own hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the thing is, is that um, I think people, even who come from really great parenting and, and, you know, beautiful childhoods, can benefit from that yeah. because we all had that experience. We've all had the feeling of wanting to be held, of wanting to be comforted and not having that comfort come for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. In whatever and, moment, because nobody's yeah. perfect. No parents can always be there for your every need all the time. It could happen while you're at school, you know, or with a babysitter and they're just not even there. So it's right. absolutely true. Right. We right. all have needs that went untended no matter. Yep. Yeah. So Nanette, uh, we're about two minutes out from the end here. And I just want to give voice to Nanette's comment in the midst of conversations with Lildenette to uh, understand what life was like when her father was alive. He had died when she was eight. And so even though he crossed over in 1965, she wants to learn from her. Mm -hmm. That's a great, uh, that's a great exercise as well. Yes. That we can do. Um, we can connect with ourselves in a younger age mm -hmm. and really uh, learn a lot and, and uh, do a lot of comforting as well. Yes. So uh, and if, if anybody listening now or uh, in the future to this podcast uh, is interested in that work, please reach out uh, to me. I am a trained uh, Compassion Key facilitator. Yes. Uh, I, can do compassion. I, can just, I can just vouch for the value of that work. It's, it's really, you know, Linda has graced me with several sessions and they've made a huge difference. Thank you, Mary. Thank mm -hmm. you. So we are at the, uh, just about the end here. Uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, is listening or watching live and also uh, listening in the future. Yes. And uh, just a reminder, you can uh, always reach out to the studio phone, 907-351-3003. If you don't get me, you can leave a voicemail. You can text to that number as well. You can email questions at walkingthroughyourwalls.com. Look for us again next Friday. 
for episode 13, and we thank you so much for joining us today. Namaste. Oh, and I should just give a quick notice to the guest in the studio, <laughs> the sleeping puppy who never uh, never woke up across the entire time. So thank you, Ziggy Jack. We All have right. a new Bye, mascot. <laughs> yes, our new mascot. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.